Opposites. Everything I dread, I look forward to. Whoever I condemn, I am him. Whatever I think is irrelevant is until I become irrelevant. Tomorrow, I'll be the one I bully today. The next person I love scares me already. You have a sweet face, a boy told me when I was young, so I didn't show it. I used my mind to hurt when I am hurting. The queen sees her cruelty and bends in grief. Like her, my remorse is as awful as my arrogance. The word care means worry. To suffer is to allow. The pain then is part of the happiness now. Avoidance meets us halfway. We could cut to the chase and embrace. <laughs> You've been listening to the poem Opposites by Ronna Bloom from her magical collection The More. And this is another episode of Poetry Pharmacy. Welcome. I recently went on a couple of dates with someone who strongly identified in their dating profile as, wait for it, Virgo. Now, I don't really believe in star signs other than in a purely superstitious way, which is of course the most tenacious belief system. So of course, I googled the words Virgo in love and found the following adjectives. Picky, perfectionistic, critical, unbending, intimidating, and to top it all off, this phrase, one human slip can be a fatal flaw for Virgo suitors. Now, I only went on two dates with my Virgo companion, so I cannot entirely vouch for this, but one thing I can say is that we were opposites, quite fundamentally in terms of our thinking styles. Like this poem, I'm always kind of in the grey zone, and if it has to be black and white, then I'm black and white, or rather I'm kind of more interested in what gave rise to the black and the white way of thinking than anything else. Everything I dread, I look forward to. Whoever I condemn, I am him. I think this line is for my Virgo date who might think I'm condemning them in some way. I'm not, or not entirely. I get the fact that 93.5% of my current itchiness towards Virgos is no doubt some kind of wild projection. I mean, look who's being picky, perfectionistic, critical, fault-finding now. Me. Tomorrow, I'll be the one I bully today. The next person I love scares me already. You have a sweet face, a boy told me when I was young, so I didn't show it. I used my mind to hurt when I am hurting. The queen sees her cruelty and bends in grief. Like her, my remorse is as awful as my arrogance. This is the human condition. All of us star signs have all of these opposites, sometimes chatting and conversing, other times just plain warring within. 
the word care means worry. To suffer is to allow. The pain then is part of the happiness now. Avoidance meets us halfway. We could cut to the chase and embrace. The poem seems to be suggesting that maybe it's exactly in these conflicted and oppositional ego states, these parts of us with their sometimes radically different agendas where we might find some kind of antidote. How to practice allowing without suffering, to know happiness without pain, how to find the healthy boundary of care without first of all stumbling around in a welter of worry. Maybe even Virgo and Gemini might one day embrace, although maybe not. I thought I'd bring dating into my intro this week because, well, it's a weird and wonderful facet of human experience, which we're all interested in, but also because this is where my conversation with Ronna started. We were going to do a more general reading of two poems by Virgil and Hafiz, which we do, but Ronna begins, as you'll hear, by offering me a more personal, on-the-spot prescription, which kind of blew me away. So much so that I thought poetry pharmacy needs to be more like this in the future. So let's jump straight in with the main course, Rana's prescription for my dating blues, followed by a scoop of Virgil and Hafiz for dessert. I want to ask you, like, what do you need a poem for right now? And to find that it's not necessarily in your head what you think it is. But just whatever comes, like what's what your experience is, what's what's going on in your life, could be something that's happening today, something that's just sort of bubbling inside about something that's going on right now, or something that's you know for a long time. It doesn't matter. It could be something simple. It could be you don't even have to be clear about it. You can fumf around and all. W- w- I'll ask some questions till I get a sense of what it is, and then I'll go looking through my my prescriptions, my 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 medicine chest of poems, I guess, and I'll and I'll and I'll see if I have something that fits, and and I'll give it to you. I'll read it to you, and then I'll give it to you. And sometimes, I I find a couple, one or two or three that might work. So, and and if it doesn't work, we just keep looking. So. Take a minute again and just go go back inside and see if you can see what do you need a poem for right right now and this moment. Okay. Um, so I suppose I'd be looking for a poem for my dating blues, for want of a better word. Um, I've been single for a while now, about a year, and I'm dating again uh, using the Guardian Soulmates website. And I'm finding it really hard. Um, It seems to be a process where you're either rejecting other people or you're being rejected yourself. Um, so much of uh, the kind of assessments you're doing 
are about projections and pictures and just the baggage we carry from past relationships. Um, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I'm trying to make the best of it. I'm trying to enjoy it, but <laughs> it feels like work. Uh, it feels more work than work is work. Um, and I, I always just feel like I'm on the back foot, like I'm, like I'm second guessing myself. So let me, I'm going to sort of see if I can just go, go kind of more direct. So what, you know, if, if that's the whole thing, the whole picture, can, and, and if you can pull up some of that energy about it now, some of the experience, however you yeah. feel it, without, that, without the language on it, just whatever. What's the need right now? I mean, it's a big, huge issue, right? There's many, many parts of it and a lot of, a lot of shades and a lot of angles and pieces. So, but in this little flicker of this moment, what's the need? I need a poem that would, I need a poem that would offer me. I need a poem that. I need a poem that would offer me, I like that. I need a poem that would offer me the space to, or allow me to let go, allow me to not be so graspy, to allow to, to <laughs> allow those fingers. Unclench. Unclench. Right, let go, relax. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. okay. Take a minute, I'm gonna take a minute and look. Okay, so at this point, Ronna starts sorting through various piles of paper on her desk, consulting books, going out of the room, coming back in again with volumes of poetry and other reference books. Lots of quiet but purposeful activity. The whole process maybe takes three to four minutes, but time doesn't drag. If anything, it's a really soothing enterprise to watch. In fact, this is how I imagine it would have felt in the apothecary shop of old, as the patient waited patiently for the ingredients of their elixir to be weighed and measured and finally mixed into some sort of concoction that was going to serve as a remedy. Okay, I have three for you. Mm. And the fourth one, which is very hard for the radio to get to capture, is could be this. Okay, which is a, a blank prescription. A blank prescription, just some space. Uh -huh. But that doesn't quite work. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And if you like any or all, you can have as many as you want. I have three, and you can stop me at any point if you say, I don't want to hear any more, like this one is fits or, you know, whatever. Mm. Stop me or, I'll, mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. we'll, we'll respond in each in different yeah you'll just tell me what happened what if you slept and what if in your sleep you dreamed and what if in your dream you went to heaven and there plucked a strange and beautiful flower and what if when you woke you had that flower in your hand ah what then Okay, okay, so that that's there. But I'll, should I keep going? Yeah. There's two more. Permiso. And this one is one of mine. There's a tree in my heart, and I don't know its name. 
It stands straight behind my breasts like a closed tulip. Permiso, it says. Allow me. You don't have to Allow say anything. Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll let you just take that in for a second. I'm, Mm. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and read you one more, mm-hmm. and then you can see what's landing here. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. The the last one I have here. How did the rose ever open its heart and give to this world all of its beauty? It felt the encouragement of light against its being. Otherwise. We all remain too frightened. Those are all, those are all good. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. They're really good. Yeah. Good. That, that last one is Hafiz too. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will, I will, I mean, I've got them on the recording, so I'll go back and listen to them. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I need to let them, they all landed. Yeah. So I didn't have any sense of kind of any kind of pushback against any of them. They all landed really, really, really well. Um, but I had a sense, like I have a sense of your your poem, that I need to spend a bit of time with them. Uh-huh. Um, and, I don't and, know, I don't know how right. they, which is why I suppose I can understand why you would then also give the prescription to somebody. Yeah because it's landed, but I feel like, oh, that poem needs to tell me something, but I don't know yet what it wants to tell me. Right, so um, just for this moment, I'm curious if you can say, and, and you may not know, or it might, you might not be sure, even if you don't know why, is there one of those four that uh, most strongly stays? It's hard to say because they're starting to kind of, they're kind of starting to drift right. into each other and become uh, one okay. in a way. Yeah. But it, it, I suppose the sense when they do become like this sort of this, this conglomeration or this kind of this, this pool of poetry, the, what, is, what is coming from that pool is a sense of there is, there is more, there is, there is something bigger than this grasping, right? Right, um, right? That's that's really what I'm getting at the moment. There is there is all of this. There is this vastness, yes. And the grasping is such a small part. It's such a sort of tiny little part of this. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I think is staying with me from all of them mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unlike medicine, um, poetry gives the listener or the reader the choice where they want to rest their attention, the line that they want to rest their attention yeah. on, right? Yeah. So it also is, it's, it's the poem is, stands between you and me and everything you kind of have projected or, or envisioned in the poem and everything that's kind of coming, th- coming through to me. Um, and it, it makes, makes that very, very rich. It's like two people standing on, on, opposite sides of a, of a sort of a stained glass window or something mm-hmm. and it's, be- it's a beautiful I think it's a very beautiful thing to have between two people it's uh, it's oracular it's like a it's a kind of a spell yes it's um, 
it, it, I, I love those words you're using, you know, like two sides of stained glass, although it feels like we are really in the same place, but it is the stained mm. glass, the glass is there and oracular and a spell. Um, I do feel under, uh, sometimes like I'm in a spell when I'm doing it. I, I can't think of logical questions at that time, you know, like if somebody asks me something practical, I won't, won't necessarily that's not the part of me that I'm in at all. And we go somewhere together, whoever I do that, like you and I just went somewhere, right? There's an encounter there that's quite strikingly intimate and connected. And then you may never see somebody again. And it's, to, I find it's such a gift to me. It's such a mutual thing, whatever happens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the it's the it's the poem. It's I I mean I just think it's the power of the poem, and 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 offering it in a moment of of need. And and you know I think sometimes actually too, even even if the poem doesn't hit the mark, which I'm sure it sometimes doesn't. Um, there is just this experience of having somebody. Uh, sit for a few minutes and listen and give you a poem uh, which is kind of astonishing and feels pretty good I think so people are maybe inclined to enjoy the reception of it because of even if the poem doesn't quite fit it's like that was an experience you don't expect in the cafeteria <laughs> walking right. down the That's street right. yeah. or you know yeah. someone's listening to me for five minutes and then giving me a poem what's what yeah. there's something about the 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 analog findings of the pieces of paper and even the time it takes to write like rough rustle around and the sounds of the paper you know moving uh, it wouldn't be the same and I wouldn't have felt that same way if you had gone like a you know, a general practitioner, a doctor, oh, okay, let me have a look. And he turns to his computer and he mm -hmm. sort of taps on his screen and he says, okay, um, <laughs> you know, Prozac uh, or whatever. Uh, it's not the same thing. Right? I, and I, I think it's so helpful to hear you say that because um, I think on, I, I sort of intuitively have a sense that, like I kind of know that a little bit, but I never heard anyone say that, that particular like uh, talk about that particular part of the process but it's helpful because I think I feel sometimes and I maybe other people feel like this and depending on what's going on is um, I should hurry up or something or be faster and I don't really feel like that because once I'm in the space of it I know that it's whatever it is is fine but in the in the daily space of you know how we walk around the world normally there's a kind of pressure to do things quickly and have stuff quickly and have it at your, prepared even before you start. Um, and so there's, it's kind of uh, almost like antithetical to the way we think about things is, okay, so now I'm going to take a few minutes and look in front of you. <laughs> there's no mystery here. I'm actually looking for something I'm going to give you. And that's sort of going against the grain of everything in the culture almost. It's just like I'm sitting here rifling through paper looking for something mm. I want to find for you. And we don't, I mean, so it is helpful to hear because the slowing down is, is actually part of the, the offering, I guess, the gift too. I think it is because I also think it symbolizes in some way the care and attention and effort 
that you are putting into this, right? It's mm -hmm. not just you kind of think of it and then just Google just kind of coughs it up. Mm -hmm. It's that you are really, you know, like the apothecary of old, it's like you're getting out your ladder and you're kind of climbing up and you're bringing stuff down from shelves. And there's this real sense of you going and bringing things, you know, bringing the world and bringing, bringing these things to, to yes. the person. Yes. Um, it, it, and there's something that the time it takes and the effort it takes actually increases or seems to increase the kind of quotient of care that is, that that is being offered i think mm, thank you i really appreciate that it adds something for me in the process thank you so much yeah i think yeah, it's well, true thank you yeah okay are you ready for some dessert two scoops of delicious poetry ice cream one from virgil and one from hafiz so the first poem I'm going to read is by Hafiz, and it doesn't have a title. Just four lines. I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in darkness, the astonishing light of your own being. And the second is, is also just a, a, a little two-line poem from Virgil. Death plucks my ear and whispers, Live, I am coming. So, Rona, I mean, when you were choosing these poems, I know you didn't necessarily present them to me as a pair, but having read them one after the other and hearing them as you've read them now, in a way, they are starting to feel a little bit like two sides of the same coin or two sides of one leaf. I don't know if they feel a little bit like that to you as well as you're reading them. I don't know. Does that make sense? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I want to say that, yes, yes, actually they do. Um, I was going to say everything is in the one coin, but um, the, the, as I was reflecting on them before we spoke, I thought, um, what 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 feels like the two sides for me is that one the hafiz um i go to for comfort and the virgil i go to to wake me up and give me a jolt they're both really important energy states i, I think for me i uh, if i'm just comforted i'll i'll stagnate i won't I won't necessarily, I mean, it's not, it's not always true. I mean, the motivations for doing things, the impetus comes from all kinds of places, but, but sometimes my, sometimes if there's certain things that are happening that are difficult, the default might be to sort of dissolve into, <laughs> into sort of slowness, um, to comfort. And the, the need is a little bit of both is okay. Yes, you can please be careful, you know, cared for, but, but now go, 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 um, get what you need and, and step, step into it because life is going to be over <laughs> at some point. And, and this line, death whispers in my ear, plucks my ear and whispers is so shocking. I mean, these nine, 10 words that are so shocking and still all these years and years and years later that has the capacity to, 
jolt me. It goes, yes, okay, I'm awake. I mean, the Virgil, it feels, it really feels like we need Virgil more than, more than ever before, and maybe more than actually people of Virgil's age needed Virgil. What I mean by that is that maybe not for you as a poet in residence in a hospital, but for most of us, we, we don't have death really in our lives. We, you know, death, um, and those more sort of, well, particularly death is very much hidden mm-hmm. in, our, mm-hmm. in our culture. And I would say that the death and suffering are hidden in plain sight in our culture because we watch the news and there's a, you know, a horrible massacre or people starving and we, it's very there but then we we kind of other it we and we other suffering too like if you're even if you're sick with something a cold even something minor you go uh that's you sort of package that off until you're well again like it's this or that as opposed so so the suffering is over there in that place and i'm okay and we want to make the distinction or i'm suffering now but i hope i'll be okay as opposed to seeing it as it's all right here and you never know what's coming through the door and how it's going to affect you. Really, really don't. Um, so it's hidden because we choose to sort of go like la la la, you know, put our hands over our ears and and say, isn't this terrible? And it is terrible. And it is, it is terrible. And it's real all the time. It's so real. So yes, I guess I am. It is more in my face because I, you know, work with, do some work at the hospitals, and um, and 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 I and I look for it as a, as I guess as a human as a poet. I I look for where it's raw and alive, and uh, that I re- I'm getting to know. Not everybody is quite like that. I always thought everybody was like that, and they were just holding it back. But maybe not. So. But isn't the looking for it as the good old, as good old Siddhartha Gautama, you know, um, I think showed us 2,500 years ago, the, the conscious, mindful looking for sickness, aging and death is not a morbid thing to do. It is actually the path of, of joy. Yeah. It, it's sort of a, you know, it, it, it brings me, to use the word I don't actually use very often, it brings me some peace when I'm in a like kind of a kind of spin cycle of my own mind of distress, of whatever distress I'm in, or whatever I'm seeing around me, friends or particular news that's really upsetting to me, and I want it to be different, and I want it to be over. When I actually have this ping moment that goes, uh, that reminds me of, the, the Buddha saying, life is suffering, then I kind of paradoxically relax because I think, oh, of course, this is what happens. And I, I don't, I can't change it. I mean, I can be healthy as much as I can and I can take care of myself and be a, a compassionate as much as I can to anyone else. But this is kind of the nature of the way it's going to be. And now how do I live with it? Now what am I going to do? I'm going to make some tea and I'm going to call somebody or I'm going to, you know, whine a bit more and read a poem by Hafiz to, to, to sort of soothe the moment. And then, so it does actually help me when I remember it because I certainly have the very easy capacity to drop into the state of 
this is uh, aber aberrant and shouldn't be like this and let's make it go away and mm. yeah I, th I think we all do um, I mean I was I, I was asking you really to choose a poem which you did that you would prescribe to yourself and I and I, I've you know my question I was going to ask you which I think you've probably answered is yes how does this poem how does this poem um, heal, if that's the right word, or jolt you awake, um, maybe is a better yeah. um, phrase. How, how and when would you, yes, would you prescribe this to yourself? And So, like, like if we're looking at them as a pair, because we haven't talked yet much about the Hafiz poem. Yes. And the Hafiz poem, like Hafiz has been in my life as a poet for a long, long time. But it's it's only it's been in the last <clears throat> five or so years since I've been um, doing work at Mount Sinai Hospital and came up with this thing called RX for poetry, where I have poems on prescription pads and I offer people poems on the spot and ask them what they need a poem for. So it's only been since that time. And and on the poem, the poems I have on prescription pads are like like the Hafiz, the Hafiz is one, uh, but a full lot of poems, a lot of poems. Some of them are mine and some of them, many of them aren't. And, and this poem has become something important for me because of how often and how often I prescribe it to others. When I prescribe, by prescribe I mean I'll be sitting with you, I'll ask you, Steve, what do you need a poem for? And you'll say, you know, something and I'll ask you a few more questions until I get the feel. And then I'll look through my pad of poems and I'll say, I might have a few, one or two or three, and you can choose what fits. And I read it to you. So in that moment of reading it to you, we can see, I can see in your face. I can watch and you can feel in the minute either this lands or it doesn't land. Like it's, it's not an intellectual thing. And there's no fooling that one, you know. So And there's no problem with that either. If somebody, if it doesn't work, I just keep going. And, but when I when I choose this one and read it for somebody, I, I can't even remember how many times it's come up. I mean, it is it isn't the only one. Not, don't don't think that. But many many have many people. The shift in people is so astonishing. Like people are weighted down with something, and um, and people with lots of different um, mother tongues as well. Not necessarily native English speakers, so that. It, it it resonates and it it's experienced in a lot of in, internal idioms, um, and and of course it comes from Persian, so it's already been translated. But it's something about, and maybe there's something similar about the Virgil. I'll get to. I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in darkness. So so here we're like in the in the daily in the daily of your heavy life, right? The daily ordinary knock on wood table, heavy life. The astonishing light of your own being. And, and the third and the fourth line just kind of keep opening and opening and opening. So the astonishing light of your own being. And it's like the person brightens. It's like they become, like I, I'm like, it sounds so cliche, I feel embarrassed. It's just almost like I've seen the sun come out or, or, or some kind of dropping of like a, a something shift which I think is what those ecstatic poets do, is they 
shift us. And I see the shift and, and, and what it touches for me, I don't know, we don't speak about it really. I mean, they just say what the feeling is, but I don't ask them to analyze. The shift for me when I think of that is it's not the astonishing light of your own being, your personal being, Rana, Rana Bloom. It's being, like I suddenly pop out of whoever that Rana Bloom is into like, oh, such a big being, such a big, you know, like um, bright, inclusive, everything that's that I'm part of. And, and the light in me is part of. And, and I, I can just rest in that. It's almost like, whoa, thank goodness I can rest now. I'm like, I don't have to do anything. It's already there, you know. <laughs> you were talking about the, saying this for someone else and it either lands or it doesn't land. Have you ever um, given this poem to somebody and it really hasn't landed? They've actually, they've actually pushed, back about, uh, 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 pushed back a little bit. You know, I can't remember that ever happening. And I know there have been other poems right. where it's happened and they've said, uh, uh-huh. either they've, once or twice someone pushed back on the poem, but mostly they just kind of react, which is the, the you know, understandable. It's like, okay, you know, like they don't really get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that actually... I mean, the reason, I'm, the reason I'm asking is because for me, the Hafiz, I'm somewhat ambivalent to this poem. Um, and I could imagine somebody actually finding it um, an almost a, a misattunement to where they're at. What I mean by that is that, you know, sometimes when I'm lonely and in darkness, I don't necessarily want somebody to come and say to me, okay, you're lonely and in darkness, but look out the window at that wonderful sun that's coming yes. out or look into your heart and find this wonderful sun that's coming out. It, it can sometimes feel a little bit, I'm not sure what the, the right word is. Trivializing, but, um, trivializing or dismissing possibly, or, demi- almost, or dismissing uh, the, my loneliness and darkness For right? sure. or, trying to, or trying to solve it or trying to pull me into the light. Oh gosh, I'd hate right? that. I, I get you. Um, I, I totally get you. No, no, I would hate to do that to anybody. And and, and so there may have been people, you're right on, there may have been people who I wouldn't have prescribed it for, you know, I wouldn't have offered it. Or I've given them a few poems and they went for something more concrete, something different, or something that rather than opening to an, something somewhere else, just understood the place they were at, spoke to the, the reality of that place. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm with you. I could see that being, I actually, can I read you another poem? That's sure, un- unex- unplanned. Sure. Um, and it may or may not work, but it's just the poem that came when you were speaking about how you, if you imagined you were feeling la- low and somebody reading you that poem. Mm. So this is the poem that came in response to that. And it's, it's uh, someone looks at the menu. Someone looks at the menu, says to her friend, What do you feel like? And it fills you with longing for the one who says, would you like a delicious chicken sandwich, dear? For the one who says, would you like to take a bath in the afternoon? Have a, I have towels, have a rest. For the one who says, go make the call. I'll be right here watching. 
For the one who says, I have faith in you, does not stand apart or stands apart, but does not leave you. Mm. What that made me understand when you read that was also the importance perhaps of oral, a kind of oral transmission as opposed to something written down. Because I think when you're maybe, if you were to, and I'd never, let's say I'd also, I'd never heard this Hafiz poem, but you were to, you would to present it to me in your voice and I didn't know what line was coming next. And as you say, it, it suddenly just dropped on me almost like a lightning strike. I think that's very di different um, than reading it on the page where I think that that sort of the black and white mind can sort of start creeping in or some sort of cognitive bias can start kind of playing around with the words. So is that what happened? Um, Were you thinking about the poem before we spoke and you thought I might not like this poem? Was it, is that, do you know what I mean? Or was it in the not, moment of not, reading? No, not the poem you've just read. No, the, the poem you've just read yeah, the, was more like that. It was more, while you were reading it, uh, I was actually looking out the window and seeing the sun rising yeah, okay. and suddenly go I and see. suddenly taking a breath. And, and I was totally in the poem because I, I, was, I was being led by your voice. Right. There was something about that oral transmission that was much, much more, uh, that transmitted more, I think, maybe than, than, the, than words can on a page sometimes. I think that's true. I think it's really important, the reading. The reading is part of the giving. Um, and, and in the reading, the, the, the receiving of each line, and as I read it and I'm watching the person and they feel it and we don't say anything, there's sometimes a reaction or there's no reaction. No reaction is a reaction too. It's like this one didn't go anywhere. Um, or I can see it or people laugh or they, they, they're moved or they cry or something. And, and then we know something. And then, I, and then I sign the prescription and hand it over as a piece of paper. But it, it's, it's absolutely the oral. You're right on. It has to... Mm. I even, you know, yes, I think so. I mean, although sometimes I have done it, if, so, if a friend is in need and will write me and say, can you send me a poem? And I'll email a poem. You know, in, in emergencies, I am 911 poetry, but... Uh, but I prefer it, yeah. And I think that, that you write on it, it's about it line by line unfolding in the moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The other question, and I was going to ask you about this poem that kind of came to mind when I was reading it, was I suppose a question of whether, whether, um, whether we can, either as friends, or as therapists, um, I think this is a very key question, whether we can, um, whether we can teach people, if this is a poem that is trying to teach you something, whether we can actually teach people the message of this poem, or if it really is something that has to, it has to come from within in some way. Um, I, th I think, I'm, I'm very happy that you mention that because um, you're making me aware of the two hats I'm wearing, which sometimes I forget um, that that I'm talking to you and that you're a therapist and I'm a therapist. And I do some therapy, not as much, hardly any really at this point, more, much more poetry. So 
as I sat down with you and until this minute, I've mostly been talking with, with poetry as how I see the world, really. But if I were sitting with a client who was in that despair, I don't think I would ever read that poem, really. I shouldn't say ever, but it would be pretty unlikely precisely because of what you just said, you know, this person is feeling terrible. When I'm feeling terrible, I, it doesn't really help me for someone to say, I think you're great. I mean, it's nice for one second, but it doesn't really have an, the impact. So I agree, like, uh, you can't say it. So how can you communicate it? And, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use that poem. If I were going to read a poem in a therapeutic situation, I would try to find one that actually more touch that the experience they were actually feeling you know mm-hmm. like if they were growing through grief or loss to find something that actually was very close to that so that it would it would it would show that i understand the experience but not necessarily from my own words uh, mm. and 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 the only real way i think that i can transmit the hafiz poem without reading it which as we as we're both agreeing would feel like you know, like go oh, get away from me with your, you know, you know Pollyanna. Um, <laughs> the way I can transmit that is to be able to bear. Not even it's not even bearing to just to be with them in their suffering, and for me to continue. Um, let me just use his lines as much as I can, sending out the astonishing light of being. That sounds so hackneyed, just the way I just said it, but you know what I mean. For me to sit there and and keep 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 thinking they're they're great or keep liking them, keep experiencing them. If I do, if I you know if I don't, then that's another another thing for me to work with. But for me to keep to to keep the 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 boat floating, even if they feel like they're sinking, and they feel that right, you know that they the another person can feel you're sitting across from me and you're not sinking and you're able to just be there and, and listen and, and continue to s- seemingly be attentive and curious and even maybe enjoying me while I'm hating me, like that's communicating that it's possible. Sure. Um, but, but, but then the only other way that I can say anything in words is through a poem, maybe not this poem, but the poem that points to something but doesn't say it literally.
same. 